Um, but I do want to make reference to the series we've been in because for me, man, this is so much more than um, just a sermonette. This, this, is, this is something that I feel like I'm on assignment. In fact, sand and stars will be a theme for us all summer long. If you've been with us for very long, there's been a lot of summers that God has given us a certain theme. And I believe that I have heard from heaven that this is to be our theme for the summer of 2021. My assignment from heaven is to get this in your spirit, is to get this in your psyche, to, to get it in your thoughts. I, I, hope I, I hope you wake up in the middle of the night thinking sand and stars. I hope you get so serious about it that you go out in the middle of the night and look to the sky and start counting stars. I hope you get so serious about it, like somebody sent me a picture the other day. They were on the beach, and they were riding sand and stars. I dare, I double-dog dare you to start counting some sand. Sand and stars. And, and what I was saying earlier that I didn't get to is, God gave me three things about the time that we're in, and there was three things specifically that he, he spoke to me. But one of the, the very last thing that God spoke to me in the middle of the night, I think it was about 2.30 in the, in the night, is he was giving instruction and direction. I said, God, how, how do we navigate? How do we go forward? And uh, uh, there were several things that the Lord said, three specific things, and even talking about this is not the end yet. And and, and all that kind of stuff. But the third, last thing that God said to me, he said, make no small plans. Make no small. I was so on the verge because of, because of what was going on in our world to make small plans. Just be conservative. Just Let's just get this where we can manage it. This message that we're talking about, and Tom, just stay with me. This message that we're talking about is, 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 is about making big plans. It's about dreaming big again. It's about believing big again. It's about expecting big again, to let God be God in our lives, in our homes, and in our church. So we're in this series of messages called Sand and Stars. Let me just give some foundational truth, and then, then we'll get to the part that I really believe we're supposed to today. But Sand and Stars is based, it's the background so you kind of have a context. Sand and Stars is based on a story of a man named Abram who was living with a God-inspired dream. God had promised Abram uh, that he would bless him and that he would increase him and that he would, that God would give him a family and that that family would become so great that it would become a tribe of people, that, that that tribe of people would actually literally become a nation, that they'd be so large upon the earth that they'd be like the sand on the seashore, like the stars in the sky. They'd be so large that you just could not count them. In Genesis 22 verse 17 is the, the text that we're using in this series. And this is God speaking to Abram. He says, I'll bless you with incredible blessings and multiply your descendants into the countless thousands and millions. 
like the stars above you in the sky and like the sand along the seashore. And notice this, and they will conquer their enemies. Now what's amazing is when God made this promise to Abram in the natural, in the natural, he had his own COVID thing going on. In the natural, this absolutely looked ridiculous. It, it, it seemed like an impossibility to Abram because Abram at this point when God made the promise was 75 years of age. His wife was 65 and so he's old and she's old and she's definitely past the, you know, the childbearing years. And, and then on top of that, she had actually been barren. She had had no children. She'd never been able to have children. And God shows up and says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you. And I'm going to give you a lot of kids. And they had never had a child. So to Abram, the circumstances and the situations and the facts of his day just made this God-sized dream seem like an impossibility. So what God does to change Abram's small thinking is God takes him outside and says, Abram, I want to direct your attention to, to the sand, and I want to direct your attention to the, the stars. In other words, Abram, I've got to get your attention off of COVID, and I've got to get your attention off of the virus, and I've got to get the attention off of how small you are, and I've got to get your focus on how big I am. I got to get you to see that, 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 that the sand and stars represents the, the creative ability that, that I have, that, that I can do something so big and so vast like, that can blow your mind. You know, it's amazing, and, and perhaps we'll get to it. I could just sit here and give you a lot of scientific facts that we know about sand and stars and how big that is. And, and that how our, our universe is ever expanding. They can't even figure it out. It just keeps on going and going. And, and you can't count the stars. And yet the Bible says that God holds the whole universe in his palm. The next time you think you serve a small God, he fits it all in his palm. Whew. He says, Abram, I got to get your attention off of what you see. And I got to get you to start seeing my ability, my vastness, my greatness, sand and stars speaks of God's unlimited ability, his unlimited power, his unlimited bigness, his unlimited possibilities. In other words, no small plans here. No small plans. Somebody needs to grab that word for their home and for their business and for their family and for their, for their children. About the time you want to try to manage it and try to Oh, God says, no, I, could do, I could do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever think or ask. I'm a, I'm a big God. So in other words, God is saying this. He says, if I, if I did all of that with the sand and the stars, Abram, then, then what I'm telling you about your life is no big deal. Uh, it's not a big deal for God to bless you. It's not a big deal for God to increase you. It's not a big deal for God to heal you. It's not a big deal for God to deliver you. Come on, come on. It's not a big deal. God is God. He's all powerful. And he says, if I did that with the sand and the stars, let me get it right. If I did that with the sand and the 
stars, then what I'm promising to you is really no big deal. Why, why sand and why stars? I heard, I heard, I've heard people say, so many people say, well, God gave them sand and stars. I think it's correct, sand and stars, so that, you know, so that you have something to look at. It's, it's figurative language that God actually chose. That's the reason why you have a tattoo it on your body. Just kidding, just kidding. God chose to use that imagery to point out his greatness. He could have used anything. And so God gives us sand, people will say, for the day. And he gives us stars for the night. I had God talk to me in my prayer time. He says, I gave them sand and stars, so whether their head is down or their head is up. Whether their life is down or whether their life is up, I'm still God, and I can do the impossible. Come on, I can still make a way where there seems to be no way. I am the all-powerful, all-creative God. Sand and stars was not just for Abraham. Sand and stars is for us. It's God's possibility for us. It's God's promises for us. It's what God wants to do in our lives. Make no small plans. What does God want to do in your homes this year? Come on, it's not too late. What does God want to do in your businesses this year? What does God want to do in your careers this year? It's not over. It's not over. We all have our own pursuit of sand and stars. All of those amazing promises of God that he's given us in his his word, I, I don't know if you're a Bible student. You should be. You ought, to, you ought to get a Bible. Did you know there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises that God has personally made to you? And he wants every one of them to come to pass. They are your sand and your stars. We all are on a pursuit, a journey for sand and stars. It's, it's the breakthrough that you've been believing for. It's the miracle that you so desperately need today. It's the restoration. Ooh, thank you, Lord. That can fix all of that pain that's happened in your life. It's the, it's, it's the healing you need. When that doctor says, you've got this disease, or you've got that disease, or you've got this situation. Sand and stars is the joy and the peace that you need. Sand and stars is the son and daughter serving God. Hello, somebody. Your family serving God. Santa Stars is the provision that God has for you. It's that business opportunity, that job opportunity. But, but in the church, you still with me? Oh, this is fun. But in the church, it seems like we have lost sight of sand and stars. It seems like we've so watered it down that we've lost sight of the power and the ability and the promises of God. And that's the reason why this message is so important. It's why I believe the idea of sand and stars is so God-inspired for this church. For my life and for your life to stretch us 
to believe that God can do more in our lives, to stretch us to move out of the, out of the smallness of our, of our confinements, to expect that God can do more in our homes and our families. God can do more in our church. Hello, somebody. God can do more in our church services. I'm believing in this season and this summer, for you, don't, for you that don't know, I'm prophesying right now over some of you. I'm believing this summer, I believe for the people of this house, I believe that you're going to have new passion. I, I believe that you're, you're going to have renewed vision. I, I, I believe that you're going to start hoping again, and you're going to start dreaming again, and you're going to start believing again. I don't care what hell you've been through. I'm here to tell you God still has a purpose and a plan for your life, and it's time to get sand and stars and start believing again, start expecting again. I'm believing that we're going to start reaching for the stars all those God possibilities in our lives. In Isaiah 51, I'm going to show you a remarkable verse, and this is the introduction to keep this, this, this theme going. And, and, and what I'm working on right now, the Bible says he confirms his word with signs following. If you want miracles, you got to get the word. It's like, hey, Pastor, can, can, you, hurry, can, can you hurry up? i got, I got lunch to go to. Well, do you want the miracle or not? No, no, I just want the drive through blessing. God doesn't, listen, God is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. Hello. I just want my drive through blessing. Just want my drive through miracle. Don't, don't want to have to give any praise. Don't want to have to give any devotion. Don't want to have to serve. Don't want to have to tithe. Don't want to have to give. Just, just want my blessing. And then we wonder why our lives are the way they are. <laughs> Isaiah 51. Let me establish this foundation in Isaiah 51. Most of you probably have never considered this verse. I remember years ago, God challenging me with this verse. Actually, when I was in Bible school, he says, son, this is a key to your life. And there's been seasons of my life that I've operated more in the Abrahamic blessing than others. And God's just taken me back to some roots. God's taken me back to some foundations that really establish even who we are today. And it says this in Isaiah 51. It says, listen to me, God says, all who hope for deliverance and all who seek the Lord. Does anybody need some of that? Give me some of that. I need deliverance. Come on. Look here. If you need it, if you, if you need help today, here's what you need to do. Look back to Abraham. Look back to Abraham, the rock from which you were cut, to Sarah, the quarry from whom you were dug, and remember and remember and remember what I did for them. When's the last time you just went and studied the life of Abraham? And God says, you want deliverance? This is how you get it. I think sand and stars is an important subject. He goes on to say, yes, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For when I called Abraham, he was but one person. 
but I blessed him greatly so that one became many. Did, did you catch that? Come on, business owners. Some business owner needs to catch that today. Did, did you see that the blessing took one ordinary man and turned him into a nation? Come on, how are you going to do what God's called you to do? Don't hyper-spiritualize this. This isn't just for preachers. This is for you and your business. This is for you for raising and raising your children. This is for you and your occupation. And God says, I can take one ordinary man and put my blessing upon him and even make a nation out of him. Do something so mind-boggling that you would not even be able to comprehend it. He says, look to Abraham. What does that mean? Other translations says, follow the example. Study his life. So why is this series so important? It's because we're looking at the life of Abraham for direction and for some encouragement, some keys for our own lives as we pursue the bigness of God. I want to give you quickly two things. Two things that I see immediately that God begins to do with Abraham that you need to embrace before we ever get to a lot of the examples and the details. We talked about them last week, but they're just quickly. There's two things that's going to set up what I want to do, what I believe God is wanting us to do at the end. So if we're to look to Abraham, we're to look to the examples, there's two things that I believe in, 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 in that God has impressed upon my heart that celebrations needs to lock into if we're going to achieve the journey of sand and stars. The first thing is, is, is this, you need a name change. You need a name change. If you was here last week, Andrew Nava did an awesome job in teaching that. Go back and listen to that podcast. But I, I, want, I want to make sure you get that as a thought and a point in the in, in, in the. In the, in, in the structure of what I'm teaching today. Genesis 17, 5 says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now, when God says this to Abraham, he still has no children. But yet God is calling him Abraham, which Abraham means a father of many. It means a father of many nations. So God is calling him what he's not because that's how our God does he calls those things that be not as though they are he says he says he says I got to take you there before you get there Abraham so you can't be Abram and get there I got to change your name to Abraham it's actually all about getting Canaan back into this but that's a whole nother thing he says I got to take you there before you get there this is a principle of faith. I'm going to start calling you, Abram, where I'm taking. I can't call you Abram anymore. i got to start calling you a father of many. Can you imagine? He has no kids. He don't have many. He has nothing. But every time they say Abraham, what they are declaring over Abraham is you're a father of many. You're a father of nations. So they're calling those things that be not as though they are. He says, I'm going to start calling you where I'm taking you. I've got to get your focus on, off of where you're at. See, see, that's why you need a name change, because God needs to get your focus off where you're at. 
God is saying, God, God is saying, Abraham, you think you're a nobody. You think you have a dead situation. You think you're way too old. You think you, 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 your wife is barren. Abraham, you think this is an impossibility. But Abraham, I got sand and stars for you. And Abraham, how we're going to accomplish this in your life is I got to change your name. You can't be Abram anymore. You've got to be Abraham. So, so God says, see, some of you aren't tracking with me, but, but, but you're going to catch it right here. God, God says, I got to take you before you get there. I, I got to get you to go there before you get there. He said, so, so, so God says, so, so God says, you might be weak, but in the Bible, God calls you strong. You, you might be sick today. You might have got a bad doctor's report, but, but according to the word of God, God calls you healed. God does not call. You need a name change today. Come on, you're not weak. Let the, let the weak say, I'm strong. It's not about denying what is. Oh, it's about calling what God has promised. I said it's not about denying that you're, there's no power in denying what is. The power is in calling the promises of God. So, so, so at home, I have a couple, a couple dogs, and one of them really is in love with me, and I really love the relationship, and so... If she's not around, I'll, 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 I'll call her, and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, Harley, now why am I calling her? Because she's not there. Why are you calling health? Why are you calling prosperity? Why are you calling deliverance? Why are you calling joy? Hello, because it's not there, and you're getting a name. You're getting a name change. You see, that's how our God operates. You might be poor, but God, God does not call you poor. That might be a reality, but that's not, that's not truth. God calls you rich. You might be discouraged today, but God has a name change for you. He has a name change. He calls you joyful. You see, Jesus took my sin, and then he calls me righteous. Jesus took my sickness, and then calls me the healed of the Lord. Jesus took my poverty and then he calls me wealthy. Ah, Jesus took my discouragement and then calls me peaceful. If you're going to get to sand and stars, you got to have a name change. You're no longer defeated. Come on. You're more than a conqueror. I wish I could get some. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you're, you're thinking, oh, really, this is going to I bet some of you wish you were online. You just click off. I wouldn't even know. But you have to get up and walk out, and I might throw something at you. I'm almost done, I think. So God says, says you need a name change. You're no longer, you're no longer a father of nothing. You're Abraham, a father of many. Start calling how God calls you. Start calling your marriage the way God calls your marriage. Start calling your finances the way God calls. Start calling your life the way God calls. And then this is this is this is this is the second thing and this is where I want to land today and th this is so important. This is absolutely important for sand and stars to even to even connect with with what you're thinking. You got to you got to you got to, this is the example. This is what you got to open yourself up to. It's number two. You need to open your heart to hope. So, so huge 
got to open your heart to hope. I feel like I'm talking to somebody in their car right now. You got to open your heart to hope. A couple weeks ago, I was talking to somebody in their hospital room. They finally got back to us. Hey, that was us. That was me. God invaded my hospital room. Don't think God can't use this technology. So many have had their hopes and dreams sabotaged by the circumstances of life. In this life we live, it's so easy to get stuck in hopelessness and miss out on all the things God has for us. But I'm asking celebration. Worship team, you can come back and join Tom. But I'm asking celebration. Open your heart to hope. Every person on the other side of these cameras, open your heart to hope. I, I know that life's been the struggle, but open your heart to hope. Open your heart that God still has a plan for your life. Yeah, but I got divorced. Open your heart to hope. God still has a I lost my business. I failed. I did wrong. Open your heart to hope again come to remind somebody today Matthew 19 26 with God all things are possible open your heart to hope you know when when Abraham felt like God how can this be I just man I'm old used up my wife is old and wrinkly God this is just like really Lord I, we don't even do it anymore I mean God you know not about that. It's about a nation, Abraham. We're going to have to do something. Somebody needs to laugh. And when Abram, Abraham was struggling, God, and I'm just a divorcee. I'm just a this. I'm just a that. My business is fell. I have no money. I mean, come on. We're all human. We all, we all have been through hell. We all have our issues that seems to disqualify the sand and stars that removes the hope. And, and God shows up to Abraham in that hopeless situation and he says this, Abraham in Genesis 18, 14, he says, I am the Lord. There is nothing too difficult for me. Can, can, I, uh, can, can I tell somebody today, to don't let your intellect get in the way of God's miracle for you. Huh? Don't let the things you know get in the way of sand and stars for you. Don't let circumstances get in the way or steal your hope. In Romans 4.18, check this out. This is powerful right here. Some of you, this is your answer. It says of Abraham, even when there was no reason, somebody shout no reason. No reason. No reason for hope. Abraham kept hoping. Celebration. Oh, all those that hear me that believe that I'm a man of God, open your heart to hope again. 
Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing he would become the father of many nations. This is amazing to me. This gets me out of bed in the morning. This gets me back in the game again. It gets me back in the fight again. It gets me back in my marriage again. It gets me back into fathering again. It gets me back into pastoring again. This gets me back into the game that that when there was no hope, Abraham found hope to hope in a hopeless situation. Somebody needs to start hoping again. Even in the hopeless situation, somebody needs to hear this today. Listen, it's in that place where there is no reason for hope, where God does his best work. Really, three people? Come on, did you quit on me already? It's in that place of hopelessness. I'm telling you that God does the sand and stars, but you're going to have to open your heart that God can do it again, that God's able, that he's capable, that regardless what I've been through, regardless how disqualified I feel, that God can still do something so amazing in my life, in our homes, in our families, and in this church. But this is the problem. This isn't the kind of hope you're thinking of. We're not talking about wishing. That's worldly hope. When the Bible talks about hope, it talks about expecting. Come on, we're almost done. I'm almost there. I'm almost landing the plane, and I'm going to let some of you go, and then the rest of us are going to have some church. This isn't wishing. This is Bible hope. This is expecting. This, This is This is an expectation about what God has promised you. God wants to restore an expectation that he is able to do sand and stars in your life. God is wanting you to open your heart to just give a little bit of, uh, if I could just find it here, God says, if I could just find a little bit here, if I could just find a people who's, if, if I could just find a people that would choose to hope in a hopeless situation, that they would just begin to expect in a hopeless situation. Oh, God says, that's where I do my, my best work. And if I could get celebration to say, hey, I'm going to get a name change today, and I'm going to start giving God some expectation. I'm going I'm to start believing that, that, that this is as bad as it gets, that my better days are still ahead of me, that my latter shall be greater than the former. God wants to restore your expectation. Can, can I, I'm going to get there, and we're, we're, we're almost, you know, hey, 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 hey. Uh, God got in my life last week. He says, you say it all the time like it's Christianese. Your best days are ahead. But you know what God told me? You're not believing that. You're not expecting that. You have no hope when it comes to that. But you'll tell everybody else, hey, your best days are ahead. Your best days don't happen unless you expect for them to happen. And he said, what did I promise you in Job? He says, I promised you that though your, 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 your beginning was small, your latter years shall be 
better and greater. Somebody needs to get a revelation of latter years. That means if you're 13 today, that means 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. That means if you're 50 today, that's 51, 52, 50. That means if you're 80, that means 81. That means you still have not lived your best days. And all God needs is for somebody to believe him. And God is saying, Abraham, go follow his example. He is the key to your sand and stars. And one of the greatest things that we see about Abraham is that when he had a hopeless situation, when he could have quit, when he could have given up, when he felt like a failure, he chose that impossible situation to hope again, to expect that God could do the sand and the stars and Reminds me of the story in Acts where uh, Peter and John are going to the church, are going to the temple one day. Remember, there's a paralyzed man there, and the Bible says they laid him out on a stretcher there. And, and, and so he's at the gate, beautiful, on the outside of the church building. There, there comes Peter and John, and they're, they're going to church. Hello. Hello, church. And they're going to church, and they stop, and they look at the lame man that's never walked a day in his life. He's a grown man now. And Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold, I don't have. In other words, we didn't bring it with us today, but such as I have, give I thee. And the man leaped up and started walking. He had never walked a day in his life. A miracle happened at the front doors of the church that I wonder what God wants to do in our parking lot. I wonder what God wants to do in the lobby. I wonder what God wants to, I wonder what God wants to do right now in this moment. And most of us have concluded, well, that happened because of Peter. He's a great man of God, right? We've concluded that that was just Peter. He, he was just doing what God told him to do. I'm here to tell you it took more than just Peter looking at that man and saying, get up. That man had some part to play in the miracle, and most people read their Bible and read right over it. And I want to bring to your attention Acts chapter 3, because it told us what this man does in verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting, expecting, expecting. Is anybody expecting today? Come on, is anybody, is anybody hoping today? Is anybody hoping today? Is anybody expecting? Expecting to receive something from them. Now, now, now I agree with you. See, some of you aren't shouting because, oh, yeah, but he wasn't expecting that. Uh, he wasn't expecting that. He was expecting maybe just some pocket change that day to make it through another day. But God took that little bit of expectation and blew the guy's mind away. I wonder, I wonder what would happen in church services like this if we could just get a little bit of, a little bit. I, I wonder if we quit doing the religious thing and the, the, the churchy thing and the phony thing and we really actually can't, maybe you can't expect to walk if you, if you never walk, but could you just say, God, God, God I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus on you and I'm going to expect for my toe to stop hurting. I wonder if in our worship time instead of, 
Like, like some of you are doing right now. It's like, oh, man, I need to get out of here. How, how do I get out of here without him throwing something at me? I need, this, this, is, this is not what I signed up for. What, what if we just forgot about what is so important to you and, and we just gave God a, a little bit of expectation? There was, uh, see, see you, you don't want to hear this. You don't want to. I, I, I'm calling celebration back to a place of hope. I'm calling us back to a place of expectation. Come on, God, God is not looking for big expectation. He just wants to know you want to be here. Come on, what would happen if we went to church expecting God to do something? One of my favorite, and I've talked about this before, Ben, I promise, I'm closing, I'm closing, I promise, or you're gonna have to pray for me for lying. In Luke chapter three, Verse 15, of people who actually encountered God. This is how, what the Bible says concerning them that encountered God. Now, as the people who were, no, that's not it. Let me go back to my notes. In Acts, I'm sorry, Luke 3.15. Luke 3.15. This is a people that encountered God. The people were on the tiptoe of expectation. Other translations starts out saying they were fully expecting. They were fully in hope. This translation right here says the people were on the tiptoe of expectation. They were on the tiptoe of, I'm calling celebration to get on their tiptoes. I'm calling, I'm calling for families to get on their tiptoes. I'm, I'm, calling, I'm calling for you to get on your tiptoes. We need some tiptoe expectation. These people encountered a move of God because they just gave God some some tiptoe ex just just man I know it's gonna I just I, I know it's going long but there's something getting ready to happen I, I I know I'm not wasting my time I just believe that there's some we need some expectation if we're gonna see sand and stars come on we're gonna have to change our name you're not sick you're the healed of the Lord come on you're not poor you're rich come on you're not weak you're strong In celebration God just needs a little bit of hope, a little bit of expectation. What if we start coming to church with just, just giving God a little bit instead of acting like we're going to the dentist? Just a little bit. That man's life was changed at church that day because he just gave a little bit. He just gave a little bit. And Abraham knew in his impossible situation, if I could just give God a little bit, how, how much expectation do you think Abraham gave? God doesn't say, but we have reference in the Bible that all God needed was just a little bit of, and I'm glad I'm at church today. I'm glad I'm here. I might have come just to get some pocket change, but I serve a God that does exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think. I want you to stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.